Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Hashtag Sports presentation of the Buffalo Bills versus Atlanta Falcons postgame, where the Buffalo Bills were victorious 29-15 to against the visiting Falcons. As you can see, ladies and gentlemen, on my left, your left, my left, I don't know what it is, uh, we have the co-host of the uh, tailgate talk here on Hashtag Sports on Friday nights. If you haven't checked it out, please start checking that out. It is amazing. Good old Apex Mike over here. Paul had a prior engagement, so Mike's going to be running, uh, trying to save me on this show <laughs> for tonight uh, as we talk about the Buffalo Bills clinching their third straight playoff appearance in as many years. Uh, as as you guys know, tonight's show is sponsored by Mr. Rogers Homes. Mr. Uh, Sean Rogers, the top 1% realtor in all of Arizona. If you want his uh, brochure, it is in the description of this video, as well as links to our Spotify, iTunes, and uh, all of our socials, as well as our Patreon page. Remember, this game, Paul's going to be doing a drawing tomorrow for our Patreon members only. So if you want to get into a drawing for a jersey, we currently have 11 Patreons. Uh, so the probability is pretty high that you'll be able to come out with a jersey. Make sure you go down and click that link, as well as our merch store. We have our two new shirts coming in uh, from Hashtag Sports, which is What Drives You and Beer Versus Tables. So <laughs> make sure that you make your way to our, our, our merch store and pick a couple of those things up. And then we also have the... Um, uh, Paul will be going over that uh, tomorrow with the uh, the Gleam, the giveaway that we have. So uh, we got that for tonight. Mike, I'm so glad that you're able to join me tonight, as we do on all of our shows. Chad is booming. Everything's going great. Uh, as I always ask Paul, initial thoughts on the game versus Atlanta today? Sloppy, but productive. <laughs> <laughs> sloppy but productive um we had another zero punt game which was awesome um <laughs> unfortunately we had three turnovers um when we didn't turn the ball over we drove it you know it was it was easy didn't understand the first half um game plan threw the ball a ton in the first half i think josh was like eight of 19 or something like that in the first half yeah. but the second half we uh you know grabbed our big boy britches and we pounded the rock it was nice yeah, it was it was weird. Atlanta blowing a halftime lead. Who who knew? <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like on one hand you start to think about this. Listen, it was like they came into the game and was like, "Yeah, we we're gonna mail Atlanta in. <laughs> we're just gonna try to you know mail it in." After that, uh, I mean, we saw the fumbled punt, and then Buffalo comes out and scores twice. Um, and then it's like you think you're gonna go up twenty one. Uh, you think you're going to have 21 points on the board for yourself. And then you throw an interception, you know, Josh's second uh, turnover in four years in the red zone, which was really weird to see. But obviously it's, you said you hit the uh, nail right on the head. You're talking about, it was sloppy. It was very, it was a very sloppy game. Like uh, about throwing too much to me, I could see why they would want to try to throw in case a couple of teams had to come through Buffalo in the playoffs. But you start looking at this game. This game, if they would have went into New England with how they went into this game, they would have lost to New England. So mm -hmm. it's it's kind of more of that Jekyll and Hyde type atmosphere that's going on with the Buffalo Bills this year. Where, and you know what though, maybe, maybe should, I'll take that back. It's the NFL that's Jekyll and Hyde this year. There are so many teams that are just going up and down, and they're losing to one team one week. I mean, the Jets almost beat Tampa Bay today. Antonio Brown decided to retire at halftime. Um, I don't know what's going on over there, but yeah, there were there were no punts. But I'm going to ask you this: 15 carries for Josh Allen today. Obviously, some of those um, were him electing to run on certain plays when things weren't open. Comfortable, uncomfortable? Knock it off. Do it more. What's your take on Josh Allen running the ball today? I think it's the type of runs. Um, some of the scrambles were good. I, I liked what he was doing. Um, he, if he didn't find it, he he went. Some of the design one runs when we go outside and we run that power game where he has the extra guys. I like. I don't like those ones where he's just running up there with no lead blockers because he's taking big hits on them. That's mm -hmm. gonna come back to hurt him later on in his career if they keep doing that. This year, you know what? You got to chalk it up to what it is. We have to have him run. If he doesn't run, we're not going to win. It's just that simple. He's he's our best weapon on offense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's it seems like 
if they try to run him like they're trying to run him now, he's going to have the Cam Newton later career woes, where he's just a beat down, broken, broken kid. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, you don't you don't spend two hundred sixty million dollars on a running back. You're not. I don't think they're going to do that very much. I think maybe today was probably a calculated effort to try to use Allen as much as possible to try to give teams something to scheme for, so that it'll open up the passing game hopefully in the playoffs a little bit more for them. I'm not sure. But I, I didn't like seeing him run as much as he did against an NFC opponent. I know the playoffs were on the line. I understand that. And a chance to win the division is on the line next week. But I I just don't like seeing my quarterback run that much. I mean, it was how many carries in Singletary? 23? And Allen still had 15? Like, give half of those carries to, like, Moss or somebody. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you haven't been using Singletary. It's not like he's worn down at this point in the in the year. And I know yeah. a lot of those are are reads by Allen, where they where the defense sometimes really wants him to keep the ball so they can get an extra shot in on him, try to see if they can knock him out of the game. But um, yeah, some of it's uh, also Josh's decision making on those reads because there was mm-hmm. one that was on um, fourth and two that if he would have given it to McKenzie, it would have been a big run, but he kept it and got the two yards and took the hit. I truly believe yeah. Josh just trusts himself more than he trusts the other guys around him. I do not disagree with that. I think he trusts himself more than he trusts Dable, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got Joe from coming in. Uh, game was ugly, however, for everyone other than Josh Allen. Game needs to be a confidence boost. So many yeah. people say, Bills go as Allen goes. Team knows how they can win without Allen's best every week. You know what the weird part about it is? I, for the second week in a row, um, it's amazing how the Bills can come out and play it so sloppy and still beat an NFL team the way they do. Number one, that's a testament how much talent on this team. I mean, it's scary. Number two, why are why is Dayball getting so cute in the red zone? What um, is and that's a great thing because we got a super chat in here from Triggs. Yep. And the, the super chat says, don't get why Dayball's going and calling all these go routes. Yeah, like, I know Allen that, has that the ability to hit those. About, that's one of them. Yeah, that's one. I don't understand. I don't know. I can understand the concept of a go route if you're running stuff underneath it and you want to get a, a corner out of there or a safety out of there or anything like that. However, it just seems like the last couple of weeks when he's gotten into the red zone, he's gotten a little cute with his play calling. And I'm like, no, no, I don't know why you're calling that one. Like the the play to have Diggs throw the ball before the Allen interception. Why? Why? I don't understand that. I don't, just I just – do you want to give other – other teams certain things to break down is that the only goal that you have in there i'm not really sure i didn't understand that that first half game plan it's snowing you could see when they were throwing the wind was affecting it because you saw uh matt ryan throw one deep came up short the wind grabbed it you saw a couple that josh through the sideline where the wind pushed it so it was offline so why did you keep dialing up these long ones you know where matt ryan was successful was in that that really short game, the quick screens, those dump offs, those delays. Like, why didn't we run more of those? What happened to last week? We didn't get McKenzie involved at all today. After he lit uh, New England up, I I think once again, I I got to harken back to the fact that the the testament of the talent that's on this team. Where, hey, we used McKenzie. I mean, Beasley was out obviously that game. Mm-hmm. Didn't need to use them. Now we're like, listen, we we know we got that bullet in the holster. You know what I mean? We got we got that there if we need to use it, and they just didn't use it. I I really would have liked to see McKenzie more on special teams today. Obviously, given the <laughs> certain fielding aspects of Stevenson, I mean, obviously it was one game. You can't really just bag the guy for that. Um, but um, it, it is interesting to see how how that evolves because that that is how the EP system works. It's a week-to-week offense, how you base it on how your opponent is. No one's going to compare the Falcons' defense to the New England defense ever. So in that respect, a lot of those things that were opening up for McKenzie that may have opened up for Beasley if he was he was in there, they not, those things probably necessarily weren't open today. So you didn't get to see it that much. So that's why, I mean, he only ended up with one catch for six yards today. Um, Jordan came in with a Q and A. Yeah, <laughs> so just their one. 
Uh, hashtag sports. Are y'all ready to admit that the Bills definitely need a dome on our new stadium? And what? Uh, I don't have any idea how white people think playing in the snow benefits us. Um, it did back in the day. I will say that in the early 90s, it just seemed to be more beneficial because the team that was making the playoffs all the time that you had to go against was, were the Miami Dolphins. Like, now it doesn't matter. You play in New England. You know what I mean? Like, that's the other team that's making it with you. So, um, I, I I always waver a little bit on the the stadium discussion. Mike, what's your take on that? Do you think we need a – Listen, I, I live in Northern California, so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, one way or another doesn't really bother me. I'll tell you, um, if if the Blue Ghouls decide to not build a dome, then Bean needs to build a team for the weather. Like, the way this team is constructed, we're constructed where we do better in a dome because that's just we're, – we're, we're a high-powered passing offense. Um, if we if we're gonna keep the elements as part of what Buffalo is and that's what they want to do, that's fine. They need to go out and get some big nasties on the offensive defensive line that can stop the run and allow us to run because that's not how we're constructed today. That is true. I mean, in the NFL, most of the successful teams that you see, the offense will complement the defense. It will, mm-hmm. or, or vice versa. That's how it will work, and that's how that's how it always been. Um so that's the thing that you you got to have. Those are the things that you got to have. Right now, this is a pass-first offense that has many weapons at wide receiver. They could put up points in a hurry. So what kind of defense do you need? You need a defense that could stop the pass of teams trying to come back from that. And then we've seen the trouble with the Buffalo Bills when they don't have those big leads. This defense, we're like, oh, why can't this defense stop anybody? Well, this is this is what happens. This is why. So – you would um, also think they would want a dome for the not just from a football standpoint, but you can use it year around. I mean, look what Jerry does with with the with Texas, you know, down in Texas. He uses that thing and gets all kinds of different events there. You're telling me you don't think on the East Coast the NCAA would love to come to Buffalo and be able to put oh, on yeah. you know uh, you know one of the rounds on the East or you know bring oh, yeah. in concerts or anything like that? You think they'd want to use it for more than just twenty times a year? That is the biggest thing about it. The only thing that it would benefit, and I think Paul brought it up one time when we were talking about the Dome. He said, listen, it would have to be something where you would have to use it, the like, you, like you're saying right now, you have to use it the entire year. Concerts, mm-hmm. venues, Final Fours, anything else of that nature, that's how it would have to be. And just to go off of everybody else's point uh, about Josh, and I, who, who said it? Let me scroll up and get that. I got to try to get this. Imagine if he played in a dome. Oh yeah, that was imagine Thomas. Alan, uh, Thomas. Imagine Allen playing in a dome where he could throw at will with precision and accuracy of cannon. Okay, to be honest, September October aren't bad. Okay, so let's try to do this. Let's have some fun with this. I just looked up Allen's stats real quick, just to kind of give you guys a, a a measure of his breakdowns. September and October, he's thrown forty four touchdowns in the month of September October with a. 60, what is it? 62% completion percentage, maybe 63. In November, December, he has 54 touchdowns with a 64% completion percentage. He's actually complete more in the cold, y'all. So, I mean, I love could, this one. It could Benjamin, go either way. Anybody got an extra billion dollars for the dome? Because that's what it's going to cost. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, he does run a lot more, though, in those later months. That is, I, that's a shocking stat. Wow. He's run the ball in September and October. He runs the ball 98 and 90 times. In November and December, he ran at 103 and 109. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting Uh-oh. nonetheless. Yeah, Uh-oh. games 9 James. through 12. That's tough. What did James say? James comes in and says, I hear Antonio Brown is available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I doubt anyone's going to touch him, though. I'm just saying. Oh, wow. Just going out on a limb. I don't even know what the heck sparked that. That's going to be interesting. I, they they didn't they haven't said. All they showed was um like on every channel that I saw, they showed him taking off his off his pads, taking off his shirt and his gloves, throwing the stands and running out of the stadium. No one has said what happened. Oh, so he got benched, and he was so upset about getting benched. Oh, is that um, what happened? Yeah, I guess Rick come Rick came into the chat. He came in, he and hopefully the Pats do sign AB. Let let him tear that team apart. 
I don't know. If, I mean, if, if you can't get along with Arians, you're not getting along with with anybody. That is the biggest thing. Arians is one of the the loosest coaches. I mean, he'll let you be yourself. Mm-hmm. He's not a guy that's just like putting the clan. It's not like Antonio Brown did that on you know Belichick squad. Like I can't be you know I, the guys driving me nuts. Blah blah on this and that. That's not what it was. Um, all right, let's get back to the. Let's get back yeah, to the. Bill. We can talk about AD anytime we want. This is a, he's a good fun. I understand why Brandon did not get. Oh, oh yeah, that's why he didn't go after him. Yeah, uh, I mean that's that's a bullet that we dodged. I mean, in some circles, not many. In some circles, people were thinking that Stephon Diggs was going to be what Antonio Brown is, like mm-hmm. that kind of a diva wideout, and he's not. He's freaking model citizen. Uh, Team captain. Yeah, exactly. Team captain. <laughs> so I know a lot of people are going to say this. Well, the Bills won, but Allen threw three picks. He didn't uh, He didn't have a mm-hmm. very amazing 11 for 26 for a buck 20 and three picks. That is normally not the stat line of a team that won by 14 points. Mm-hmm. So give me your take on Allen's performance today. Was it just – was it a lack of focus? Was it bad luck? Was it just poor decision-making? Because we can go a bunch of different ways on this. Yeah, it's poor decision-making at the end of the day. The, the first pick, and I think we talked about this um, you know, off-air, the first pick, he tried to fit something in. It got tipped and picked in the red zone. He should have thrown it away, taking the points. Then we go up 17 points. It's I think it's 17 to 5 at that point. You know, He throws the pick, they go down, they score. Then it was three possessions in a row. We went touchdown, touchdown, interception, interception, interception. Three straight possessions, interception. So they go down this score. We get the ball back. You know, uh, we go to throw a seam route. Beasley stops. It gets picked. Don't know why Beasley stops. If he keeps running, he catches the ball. So I'm not sure what happened there. And then we come out. Um, you know, it was on third down. We went to th- He went to throw. It got tipped at the line. Got picked off. Really, the only bad decision was the red zone one. Other than that, it's just bad luck, really. Like, I don't understand what Beasley was doing. He just stopped on the play. Yeah, I think that's what happens. That That is the thing that happens when you go from, like, a Beasley to a McKenzie, I think. I think Beasley understands zones probably better than anybody on the team. Understands mm-hmm. where to sit in zones in certain places. I think mm-hmm. McKenzie runs through the zones, and Allen likes that a little bit better. Uh, as we saw from evidence from last week, obviously there's a little bit more breakdown has to be done with the film this week, but it's, that is probably the difference that you see between those two guys and how that works out. Um, yeah, it was very uncharacteristic, but it was interesting because you could see how this defense stepped up. This defense definitely stepped up. I mean, obviously they gave up a score, but it was one of those things where you're sitting there going, I wasn't worried when he was throwing picks. You know, it was sitting there. You're like, it's Atlanta. I mean, really, I mean, Atlanta does have some some weapons on offense and can beat you. But I wasn't worried at all. I really wasn't worried. As we look at the third down efficiency, I mean, Atlanta was one for seven today. Bills were seven yeah. for twelve. Like they were they were capitalizing. Bills had nineteen first downs rushing. I mean, when was the last time you seen a Bills team that had a winning record that had nineteen rushing first downs? Yeah. I can't remember. I- the game felt, you know, up after that third pick, it felt very much like the Jacksonville game. And if Dayball continued throwing like he did against Jacksonville, I have a feeling we would have led that way because the weather just didn't wasn't conclusive to what we needed to do today. You know, we as I said earlier, we saw Ryan throw some, the wind picked it up and moved it. Saw some of Josh's pass, the winds was messing with it. Um, guys were dropping balls, so we needed to put our big boy pants on and start running Smash Mouth, and that's what we did. And we learned from that Jacksonville game, okay, the pass isn't working. Let's run the ball. And we ran it right down their throat. We went touchdown, touchdown. And then I believe that after that it was game over. We just ran out the clock for like the last seven minutes. Yeah. Yeah, we could definitely bury them. And I like what Joe says here. Um, Joe, who does a fantastic job on our uh, play-by-play, and you definitely are the man, Joe, because um, games like today, you must have been banging your head against the – desk as, as everyone's 
throwing their comments at you. But he says, uh, Tampa Bay only had the lead for, versus the Jets for 15 seconds. San Francisco's losing to Houston. Can we stop acting like the Bills should be blowing teams away? Welcome to the NFL. Winning is tough, no matter the opponent. That is true. You're right. Any given, any given Sunday is the biggest thing. Like, people got to talk about. I lo- that's why I laugh and scoff at it when people say, oh, do you think this college team could beat Jacksonville? And I'm like, uh, no. No, these are professional like athletes, these are men that are playing this game. You know, I know Alabama is probably the closest team that could probably beat Jacksonville and they probably lose by 30. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, that's just basically mm-hmm. how it works. Um, and that's, that's just how it goes. I mean, the, the fact is, and that even emphasizes my point from earlier, Joe, and the fact that this Buffalo team came out and it looked lazy. Like, I hate to say that word, but it looked lazy. It looked, you know, not the defense. Believe me, the offense looked like they were trying to just mail this one in, trying to run any kind of play that they wanted to in the playbook. It was like it was like Dable had a dartboard with Dorsey last night, and they were just throwing it and saying, "Oh, what's the what's the script? Let me just throw darts for the fifth, first fifteen plays." Uh, that's what it kind of seemed like to me. And even in doing that, you had you still were up fourteen at some at one point, and I was like, "Okay, how much talent really?" is on this team that that they could come out and play f- a little flat like that and still win by 14. Like, well, I, th- I think, I think the uh, Falcons record was a little misleading. Maybe yes, they were on the verge, but their DVOAs and everything, they were like last in the league in defense. They were last and they were close to last. I think they were 30th in offense. So although yes, they, they were, they were seven and oh and one score games. Oh, okay. So, like, even when they win, it's it's like the last minute they pull it out. So, you know, the way Atlanta wins is they keep it close, and then Matt Ryan tries to pull something out at the end. You know, so as long as we kept the lead, like, we went out, we scored twice right off the bat, then we started our turnover party and gave three straight, and then we scored twice, and then we ran out the clock. I mean, <laughs> we still had time of possession. Like, we controlled that game as, as ugly as it was. The Bills manhandled that game. We just kept giving the ball away on offense. That's the thing I wanted to tell you about is the fact that you had three interceptions you threw. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to the um this goes back to the New England game. New England game they held the ball for 35 minutes. They held the ball for 36 oh let me look at mm-hmm. this. 3607 today. 3607 with three with giving three possessions away. Still held the ball for 36 minutes. Is this the recipe they're going to try to go into the playoffs with where they're going to be the team that wants to play keep away from other teams' offenses? You think that's what it's going to be? Where they have long, sustained 10-play drives instead of scoring quick? I think so because a lot of, a lot of them are, are playing that too, that too high shell, saying you're not going to give you anything over the top. Josh, yeah. prove to me that you can t- sustain these drives. He did that the first two drives. And then he got a then he got a little you know he did stay within himself like he did with with uh, New England he felt you know when he looked at this defense he's like okay I can do what I want to do I have the stronger arm I can fit it where I want to fit it it is what it is and he and they went he went deep and he didn't stay composed it was bad decision making ultimately then they then they said okay let's just run the ball and then we figured out we could run the ball and that's what we did the rest of the game just pounded pounded out and that's you know I mean. The second half, after the Josh's last turnover, we went touchdown, touchdown, and then we ran the ball for like the last six minutes of the game and played keep away and kneeled it out. Yeah, I mean, it's we got a couple of comments in here. Last two games, our defense is two for seventeen on third down. Thank you for that, Garn. Appreciate it. That's a uh, good teams stat. wins. That is a beautiful stat. Uh, good teams win, but great teams cover. Bills did both while throwing three picks. Vita Vega. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Uh, there was a comment earlier I wanted to get to. Uh, Jonathan, this is a great comment. I, I loved it. And, and, you know, we might spend a couple minutes on this one. Uh, who is the top OC candidate? And who and do you think we regress the first year as a new OC? I I have my thoughts, but, Mike, I'm interested to hear what you, what you got. I think we're going to go with uh, if Dayball leaves after this year, I think Dorsey steps into his job. When, I think he's been there. When he leaves. 
Yeah. He's going to go. I mean, I think it's a foregone conclusion. I, I, I pray he goes. I think we're kind of, we're getting to the point to where if he came back for another year, we're not, we're not going to take a step forward. You know, we bring Dorsey in, you know, and then put the spin on it. Um, give us a give us a new voice in there. They trust Dorsey as much as they trust Dayball. Except, I think Dorsey's a better play caller. I really do think so. He was a former quarterback. He helped Cam Newton win an MVP as a quarterback coach during his best year. He's he's been our you know past coordinator for the last two years. Like, let's give the guy the job already. You know, tell Dayball to go get a head coach or move on somewhere else. I think. I like your breakdown. I think a lot of people will have that that thought and that sentiment where they want to go in-house. And it seems like that's the way that it's been. It's been kind of like a, f- a family atmosphere. Like you get promoted from within. It's not like they're going to bring somebody in from the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, we must remember, though, when Dable got here, that's when Allen got here. It wasn't like Dable was already here calling plays, and then Allen finally got here, and then that's how it worked. They both got here at the same time, and they both grew together. Mm-hmm. Um I'm just reading. Sorry, I keep laughing. I keep reading the chat. People talking about. I just came into the stream. Did Paul storm off like Antonio Brown? (laughs) James, oh my god! Do you do not want to see Paul without his shirt on? I'm just gonna say that. I mean, (laughs) Paul's got a chest you can eat a bowl of cereal out of. Like that's (laughs) it's crazy. But I'm just saying this. I think that if they if they go and they go for an uh, offensive coordinator, I think. This is going to sound really stupid. I think they go with a young college guy that nobody knows. That really? Zero people know of. Like, I think at that point, you want somebody – you don't want somebody that's, like, in their mid to late 50s mm-hmm. to be an offensive coordinator for Josh. I think you got to get a younger guy. I think you got to get a guy that's, like, in his early to mid-30s that is, like, a, like a little bit of a risk taker, but – Somebody that will assign um, assign Josh the responsibility and not take it all himself. Like an older guy might try to be like a father figure to him and protect him. So, But I think if in two years you're going to start paying this guy and the clock's running on $260 million, you want to know that no matter what offensive coordinator you have, he can make it work. He can make it work. And – I mean, I'm I'm partial to it just because of the name, but I would love to see Jim Bob Cooter come in <laughs> as the offensive coordinator. He was he was a guy he's, that really he's got the he, offensive mind for it. He does. It was weird because he was the running backs coach in, in for the Jets, but he was a guy that Matt Stafford prior to going to L.A. had some of his mm-hmm. most successful seasons playing. He had most mo- some of his most successful seasons playing with Jim Bob Cooter as the OC. Which is weird. Joe Brady. So, that, Joe that's Brady. a name. But here's the so I here's fear, my thing. Oh. Yeah. This one says Joe Brady, I fear. So here's my question for you. Uh, if you're thinking they're gonna go outside, do you see do you don't see Dorsey staying here? Do you think he moves on with one of the other coaches and becomes an OC there? Because that's his next logical step. And I can't yeah. see him being okay with us bringing in another OC over the top of him. Well, the thing about the thing you have to remember about Dorsey was he interviewed for the job that Dable has mm-hmm. and then they gave it to Dennison. A lot of people don't, uh, don't know that. Like that's what he did. He will not take a lateral. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like Dable brought him here with him. And that was his understudy. He was his quarterback's coach. No, they might be at odds sometimes with what's going on. I'm just saying that if they do not decide to hire Dorsey, which seems like that's what the, I see that's more likely what they're going to do is hire Dorsey. But if they don't, they go outside I see them going with a younger college guy coming in and uh, Dorsey. I don't think he would take a lateral move. I think he would stay for one more year with, with Allen and try to see how that goes. And then, um, or take an OC job somewhere else. So I could well, see, the, I could see him being like one of those guys in the chat. I see a lot of people talking about Dorsey and they said they're worried that Dorsey was going follow Dayball. Actually, Dorsey is the hand picked for Frazier. If Frazier gets head joke, Coaching job, uh, Dorsey will go with Frazier um, if he's not given the Bills job. So I think Dorsey's going to be an OC next year. It's going to either be in Buffalo or with Frazier wherever he goes. Because I think Frazier's getting a head coach job. That's a good one. I think for, I, I've been banging the table for two years for Frazier to get a head coaching job. Mm-hmm. I never wanted him to because I love him in Buffalo. 
it's like I think Paul and I had a discussion about that before. We were talking about Frazier is not at the Wade Phillips era yet. Like Mm-mm. Wade was content being a DC. Like, let me take care of my defense. I like it over here. I don't want to be a head coach anymore. I hate answering all those questions. I hate doing all that. Let me take care of a defense and then we're going to go. So that was the thing that Wade was very comfortable with at his latter, the latter part of his career. I don't think Frazier's there yet. I think Frazier wants one more crack at being a head guy. And I think he would do amazing. I just think it'll be in the NFC somewhere. And I even Chicago. said, I, that, I, I said the Chicago. Bears. I said, I've said that. I said, I don't know. He was on that ago. 85 team. He was on that 85 team. Um, I love and... when you watch our episodes, Mike. It just makes me, uh, <laughs> no, <it> was... <laughs> actually I do. I watch all all of the hashtag ones. I mean, I even go on and do the Razor Stripe picks with Joe most of the time. You know, I'm in oh, the yeah. comments, so uh, <laughs> I do watch all of them. But he was on the '85 team, and um, it was immediate it's a, ties to the city. Yep, I love it. The ties to the city. He would then uh, he brings the culture of that calm culture. And um, I think he would stabilize what they got going on there. Going from a naggy to a defense of calming culture and Frazier with a young quarterback like uh, Fields, because he was – say what you want, but uh, Frazier was along the ride for Josh Allen, so he knows what they've done. Yeah. I imagine Frazier was in meetings with Allen talking through the defense sides of how to read defenses and the things they like to throw. and you know, So he knows how to groom that young quarterback as well. Absolutely. No question. He, I mean, he's been through it. I mean, the fact that Frazier already has head coaching experience, whether good or bad, if he, how you want to look at it, he knows the pitfalls already. So Nagy, I mean, they went from who's the, oh, who's the head coach before Nagy? Let me, uh, let me just look this up really quick. Okay. Is, and while you're looking that up, uh, we got a super yeah. chat in here from um, Matthias. It says yep. late to the show, but not too late. Bills, Bills wins equals double up. It wasn't pretty, but it ain't the ain't a beauty contest. Go Bills. True. It is not a beauty contest at all. Mm-hmm. We got another one in here from Triggs. Says to be honest, I would give Chad Hall a chance. Chad Hall is another great one. He he's internal. He's young, and the team loves him. Oh, it's 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 time. It's it's time for them to do that. <laughs> It's time for the Bears to do that. By the way, thank you guys for the super chats. We're going to be we're going to have a word from our sponsor really quick after we go through this. So Lovey Smith was there for a number of years, as you know. Left in uh, 2012. Mark, remember Mark Tressman? Oh my God, Mark! <laughs> Offensive mind, Mark Tressman, there for two years. Then they hired a defensive guy in John Fox. Then they go back to an offensive guy in Matt Nagy. So now it's the turn for the defensive guy to go back in there. Oh, Urban Myers, Urban Myers available. He can be our OC. Dirty Randy, not cool, bud. Not Urban Myers available. <laughs> yeah. uh, is he going to be hanging out with Tyler Bass? <laughs> That's a weak joke. I'm sorry, but ladies and gentlemen, real quick, don't go anywhere. We got that. We have to have a sponsor. Uh, we have to have a word from our sponsor, LinkedIn, and Paul's going to help uh, do that for us. Just to let you know. In. These days can be hard to find and hire the right candidates for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create job posts in just minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free. LinkedIn.com slash HTS. That's hashtag sports. That's LinkedIn.com slash HTS to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Yes. You didn't think I was going to read that, did you? We like to, <laughs> No, but I'm saying we like to thank LinkedIn for being one of our title sponsors along with Mr. Rogers Holmes. Um, I, I'm going to hold the phone close to it. I'm not remembering all that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Mario, uh, you have a comment in here from Jordan that says, uh, yes. close that door behind you. He keeps feeling like someone's going to walk in, and it's creepy. <laughs> it's the ring. Don't worry, Jordan. <laughs> She's going to crawl out of the television anytime right now. <laughs> Sorry to God. That's just going to happen. Uh, I, I love Todd Haley as an offensive play caller. I just don't know how that would mesh. Because Todd Haley has kind of rubbed a lot of people the wrong way in his tenure in the NFL from what I've read and seen. So no, that got, Paul works as a LinkedIn advisor. 
Um, I, I love Todd Haley. I mean, Todd Haley has worked with some really good offenses, and he's scored, he's put up a lot of points with a lot of teams. So um, I think he's coaching a high school team at the point at this point. I'm not really sure what, what Todd Haley's doing. That wasn't even a knock either. I think that's I think he's at the high school level. No, no, I, I know. think it isn't. I was uh, laughing from oh. uh, Garns says, "Who can we get from to be from the OC from Carolina? That would be Joe Brady, who just got fired from Carolina. It would be he did." Stop. Yes. Yeah, he got he got canned about three weeks ago. Dirk he was Cotter. a head coaching oh. candidate. He was a head coaching candidate and they canned him. Oh my god. They gave him Sam Darnold and said, Oh, you can't fix him, then you're out. Well, you know what though? That's a great point to bring up though, Mike, and the fact that that is the progression that happens with a lot of these coaches. So somebody is the scapegoat. And you remember, wasn't was it Greg Roman? When Rex Ryan was here, wasn't he the scapegoat that got fired? Didn't yeah. he get canned first, and then and then Ryan yeah. ended up getting canned eventually? Yep. But face for radio, savage! Uh, wow, <laughs> Jesus, you guys are—he's not even here to defend himself. <laughs> um, how likely is it that uh, it, for Dable to get a head coaching job? How many positions are there going to be? I think there will be quite a number of positions that open up. I think, I think I think is the minimum is going to be the six. It's usually that every year, isn't it? It's usually like yeah, five or six. Good. But I think a lot of a lot of guys may get fired that you didn't you didn't expect, but a lot of guys will retain their jobs who you didn't expect. So I think that's going to be a double. That's the way it works based on the patience of the team. Like if you went into his went into a season and you had if you went to a team and you had an incumbent quarterback and he was like on his last legs or last years. And then you went in there and said, listen, I need my guy in here for this to work. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. So, so sometimes the GM and the and the um and the head coach will tie their their expectations and their success to the next quarterback that comes in. That was one of the things that happened with Doug Whaley. They were kind of waiting, and then he drafted EJ Manuel, and we saw how that played out. It didn't. So that all being said, a lot of those times, a lot of those teams, if you see teams that look like they may fire their head coach, but their teams are going to be picking in the top 10 and take a quarterback this year, those are teams that are going to be moving forward. Or they just might wipe you know, wipe the board completely clean, fire the head coach, fire the GM, get the GM in there, get him his, 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 his head coach, and then they draft their quarterback this year. So that that's a lot. That's what happens usually. Um Bills did that a little bit backwards. They came in and they got their head coach. Then a few months later, they got their GM. And then the following year, after acquiring assets, they got their quarterback. So, and we saw how that worked out. Look at Arizona, Murray, and Kingsbury. Yeah. And and you know what? No, what's crazy about that is they start. I I was listening to, um, it was one of our old GMs. It wasn't Whaley. It was the uh, his, his his number two guy, and I can't remember his name. But I was listening to him talking. They were talking about that first year when Sean got there, and uh, Terry Pagula was like, "Patrick Mahomes is the guy I want," and and Sean's like, "I don't think we're ready for a quarterback. We need we need to we need to build the culture first. And he's like, "Okay," so Patrick Mahomes was the guy that Pagula wanted, and then. The following year, he's like, Josh Allen's the guy I want. Maybe that guy's just got a knack for spotting good quarterbacks as an honor. <laughs> like, think he about might. it. Like, like that's that's crazy to hear that. Like, we did two different episodes. Just to kind of, you know, sidestep this for a second. We did two different episodes, Paul and I, because we had to. Comparing Josh Allen to Patrick Mahomes, because more than Baker Mayfield, more than Lamar Jackson, more than I mean, it used to be Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen because they were all taken in that first round. More than the class that he was drafted with, Josh Allen is going to be compared more with Patrick Mahomes because that is technically what the Bills gave up mm-hmm. to move back. I understand that, but people—the problem we had to do two episodes with it was people in Buffalo thought that the, the year Mahomes threw fifty touchdowns, they thought he would have done that in Buffalo when. <laughs> He had Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, sat for a year and all this other stuff. Meanwhile, Josh Allen's thrown to Calvin Benjamin and Zay Jones. Like, they ain't the same. But and here's the craziest Streeter. part. He was, our, he, he was really and our Streeter. number two Streeter. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. I forgot about Streeter. And, and, and th- thank you so much. I appreciate the nice comment. We both miss Paul, too, Jordan. 
it'd be better if he was here as well. (laughs) But I appreciate the comment. (laughs) That was back in Andre Holmes, true. But the thing was, Andre Holmes. The 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 way that the whole trade worked out, and Paul and I were trying to explain this to a Buffalo Bills mafia contingent that were really upset about it. You really here's what you did: you traded the first round pick, moved back and got Trey White and the resources to get at Allen and Edmonds. You're telling me right now that in 2022, you would go back and trade Allen, Edmonds, and White for Mahomes? Remember, Reed's not coming here. None of those offensive mm-hmm. weapons are coming here. So I think <laughs> when it's all said and done, Allen, Edmonds, and White's contract will probably be the same as Mahomes, but that's three players, not one. So I, I think the Buffalo Bills really made out on that deal. Yeah. With, with, with and that, now that we're four years in and Josh has grown into the quarterback that he has, I'll be perfectly honest, I wouldn't trade Josh for Mahomes straight up right now. Um, I think Josh has a higher ceiling than Mahomes. Mahomes is great, but he's he's yeah. not getting any better. His best year was that that fifty touchdown year so far. Yeah, and I knew that was coming. I was just about to get to that point. Grande, <laughs> do you include a Super Bowl ring and MVP award in that high play? MVP awards, I could care less about. I don't care if my quarterback gets not the next with the seven. team that Buffalo had. Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl and the MVP because he walked in with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Andy Reid. Coming to Buffalo, yeah. he doesn't have that. No, but what I'm saying is, the the thing is, would you would you do that trade because Mahomes got a Super Bowl? And I understand mm-hmm. that. I understand that logic, but I don't think Mahomes wins one here in Buffalo if he was here for those four years. Now the question is, does Allen throw 50 touchdowns under Reed? I think that's up for debate. I think you could debate that now. In his second, mm-hmm. if Allen got to sit for an entire year behind Alex Smith and then came in and played, Allen in Kansas City would have been just dynamite. I just really think that he would have been amazing. And I keep telling people this all the time. Stop it with the Tom Brady talk. And I always got to bring Tom Brady up. If Tom Brady was drafted by the Bills in 1999, he'd be celebrating 20 plus years working at, you know, West Her Ford. Okay. I don't want to hear <laughs> that he would still be the GOAT if he was drafted by the Bills in 99. I don't want to hear it. It's all that. about situation that you're drafted into. And I, I love I love this comment by Triggs. He says, What's funny is Denver passed on Allen for an injury injury prone DE, and Miami passed on Herbert for an injury prone quarterback. It's all about where you <laughs> fall. Like, would Herbert be the same quarterback if he was in Miami? He wouldn't Ooh. have walked in having Allen and Eckler and Henry and Williams no, no. and all those weapons. No, I I I love the skill set though because to me, mm-hmm. to me, I think the skill set of Mahomes, the skill set of Allen, the skill set of Herbert. I think those tr- those transcend offenses. But you cannot look me directly in the face and tell me that that Patrick Mahomes in his second season in Buffalo with the weapons that were in Buffalo throws 50 touchdowns. I don't believe it for a second because Allen was running for his life when (laughs) in that season, I don't think Mahomes has those wheels. He would have taken a lot of, he would have taken a beating back there. I really think that would happen. Herbert still does better than Tua. I believe that no one's told Tua that he's not left-handed yet. I mean, I think someone's got to let him know (laughs) that he's actually right-handed so he can throw more than a seven yard in cut. (laughs) So, oh, oh here's, here's, so here's, here's one about the actual game because we, okay. we kind of spiraled down a hole here. We did. Um, any any update on Ryan Bates' injury? Um, I know he got up and walked off. I haven't heard anything about it, the update. He didn't come back. I know that. No, I didn't. You know what, though? I didn't, I didn't really even notice that he was out. I mean, I saw him go down, but I didn't even notice he was out for a sustained period of time um, <laughs> to uh, turn a ball over. Yeah. Uh, Bates – Let's talk about that. Let's talk about Mr. Ryan Bates. Over the past two weeks, Allen, he got sacked once today. How many times did he get sacked last week? I don't even think he got – He didn't, he didn't get sacked. He's got hit once. He got hit once. I mean, you don't want to see an injury happen to anybody. But, I mean, we all feel for Ike Butker. But Ryan Bates being inserted to the lineup added something to it. I really think mm-hmm. it did because then you had Spencer Brown. You have him next to Deion Dawkins and Morse is still in the middle. Morse the only guy – Really, the only guy to play all year. Everyone else has been shuffled around on that offense. But um, Diggs got sacked. Yes, Spin. Okay, all right. Was was Spencer Brown name an old line? Uh, name an old lineman for our team from that 2017 line. I can't. Eric Wood, maybe. 
Ryan Groy? Like, is that an offensive lineman from 2017? Cordy Glenn. Cordy Glenn was still on the 17 team? Yep, he was oh the my left God. He was. Yep. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's not even fun. Don't even play with me right now. <laughs> I mean, my... But anyways, let's, let's get back to Bates. Uh, you know, yeah, I don't. I, I if Bates is gone for a sustained period of time, I'm gonna be kind of scared. But uh, w- what's the timetable that we've heard on Mongo? What's going on there? Mongo came in for Bates, so he's oh, Mongo back. Came in. All right. He 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 was the emergency center and guard in case someone got hurt, much like Dion was last week. Um, Bates played solid today. He was great in the run game. He was solid in pass protection. Mongo came in and was good in the run game. Oh my. oh my god, Mike. I just oh the 2017 offensive line. Incognito, Deion Dawkins. Left to right, Dawkins, Incognito, Wood, Vlad Dukas, and Jordan Mills. Oh my god. Uh, what? That's right, because uh, that was the year we drafted Dawkins, who was supposed to be our right tackle. Cordy Glenn got hurt, so we moved him to left. <laughs> well, Hyde and Poyer are on that team. How about that? Yeah. Hyde Poyer and a rookie. The, the 2017 was the, was the team that broke the slump. Yeah, at 9-7. and seven. Yeah, that was that's crazy. Yep. <laughs> Only your Dawkins was okay. Stop it, Paul Berg. I knew you were going to be in here the minute I said Dawkins. He hates that guy. You, oh my God, I can't wait to buy you a Dawkins jersey just for fun. Think, just think about that for a second. We're complaining about our offensive line this year, and in 2017, we had Mills and Ducasse on one side. Oh, Mills was a revolving door. He was. That line was a sieve. Rick Dennison is our O-line o coach. Oh, my God. Oh. Dennison was our OC that got canned, right, that year? Starting wide receivers were Calvin Benjamin and Deontay Thompson. <laughs> what? What? Uh, That's that yeah. was a very aggressive stroll down memory lane. I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so as we as we talk about this, we got about 15 minutes left. Uh, Mike, you're going to enjoy the roast session. You're going to enjoy the roast. Oh session yeah. At the end of the show. I enjoy it every week from the comments normally. Oh, you blast us on the comment. I love it. I love the fact that you're in the hot seat now. This is pretty fun. Uh, Okay, so just a little stat for y'all. When you guys go to the water cooler tomorrow at at work, this is the 10th game. And obviously, yes, I'm counting the one Mac Jones game where he threw three passes. This is the 10th game that the Buffalo Bills defense has held an opposing quarterback under 200 yards passing. 200 yards passing, not three, 200. I think that's an amazing accomplishment for this defense in in this season. Going uh going ten and six, um, I just think it's amazing. Ten games holding in this league the way it is right now, you're holding ten of your opponents under two hundred yards passing, and believe me, they're not ten and zero in those games, which is weird. So it just tells you how Jekyll and Hyde this offense has been with this team. Uh, ben Bedover. Yep, that's right. We at least avoided the nine and seven this year. We're always avoiding nine and seven. However, you jack wagons, if you go back to the beginning <laughs> of the year, I predicted 12 and five, and all you guys spit in my face saying, We're not losing five games, you maniac. We're not losing five. I go, No, we got no, one, no one saw us losing to Jacksonville. Let's be honest. Honestly, I didn't either, but I, I that's why I only picked numbers. I said 12 and five. I didn't care. <laughs> I said, I did predict the split with New England. I did. Uh, I think I had them sweeping the Dolphins. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have to go watch the episode again. What the hell? I predicted this game was going to be uh, 100 total com- combined points. That's what I thought. Yeah. I don't know. I would like to point out today, as bad as the as the game went for Buffalo and as sloppy as it was, we were four out of five in the red zone. That was amazing. I loved I Those are, those are the stats that win you games. Those are the stats that win you games. Uh, let me say, we had a game where we held the quarterback under 20 yards. We did. And I included that. Can we sign Cordell Patterson this offseason? Oh, I would love to have him on this team. However, oh God, he's, he didn't aging, do nothing today. Yeah, but he's he's an aging guy that's probably going to want anywhere between 8 and $10 million by the way he's playing today. And I don't think the Bills have that in their bank account for a hybrid player like that. Like, let's say you don't resign McKenzie. You trade Moss. You don't have Rita next year. 
none of that's still financially going to help. Why would you trade Moss? Why would you trade Moss? Uh, if you no, I'm saying if you were entertaining the to get um, Patterson, if you're oh, entertaining okay. that idea. Bean loves hybrid players that can play multiple positions. So yeah. if you're losing McKenzie, you can't sign him. If you're um, uh, who's the other player I had? I had Moss. I had McKenzie, and I had another player. I can't remember who it was. Brita. Brita. So let's yeah. say Brita's on a one-year deal. McKenzie's on the last year of his deal. And let's say you would trade Moss to fill that role. And now you have other positions available that you can either draft or fill if you wanted to. Like maybe that linebacker room that needs more bodies in it. <laughs> you know, I'm just I'm just putting that as, as a hypothetical. If you wanted Patterson, those would be probably some of the moves that you would need to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though Moss is still on a controllable deal for two years, that's that's alluring to a lot of a lot of teams. A running back that's still on his rookie deal, that's huge. Uh, Casey lost, Ravens lost, Fish lost. It's a good day. <laughs> yes. Uh, is anybody in the chat that can take yeah, care of Yeah, do we have any mods part? in there? Yeah, we got any mods. I think we got a couple mods in there. Uh, if you could take care of that, thank you so much. Um, what else do we have on, on the table? All right. So for the last uh, last few minutes, I want to go over this. Mike, Mike and I were playing around with the playoff simulator machine on ESPN. It is hysterical to play with this thing, to try to see. the. There are so many scenarios that go on with the, pat, the last week of the season. So currently as it stands with the games that have been played today already, Tennessee is the first seed. Kansas City is the second seed. Bengals the third. Bills the fourth. Those are all the division leaders right now. Then you have New England's five. Raiders are sixth. And Indy is seventh. I also want the Dolphins to win out, set the pass and miss playoffs. That would have been amazing. That would have been one of the most amazing things ever. So, as it currently stands, am I able to share? Let me just try to mess around with this for a second. Am I, can I share my yeah, screen? Yeah, if you click on share screen, it should push us over the side. There we go. Let me uh, let me share this bad boy right here with everybody. Uh, this screen is the one I want to share. I don't know if it's going to let me do it. Yep. Hold I on. I got to just move it onto the screen for you. There oh, you there we go. There we go. There we go. Let's get us on the side here. Let's do this. Okay. I don't know so people could see it. There we go. Is that a little bit better for y'all? Uh, hopefully it is. Anyway, so we got right here Indianapolis at Kansas City. Vegas at Cincy, New England at Buffalo, and the first seed Tennessee will get the bye. We don't care. Let me uh, let me widen this. I can know I can make this a little bigger. No jokes. I don't want you to hear any jokes. Okay, so people can see this. I don't know. So here's what we got: New England coming to Buffalo. So if we go to Week 18, anybody else in the AFC got to play? Denver. Let's. Uh, what do you say, Denver or? Uh, I, I think Who's the winning? Chargers are winning. I think the Chargers are winning. Okay, right so we'll pick the Chargers there. So that makes the Chargers the seventh seed. Hmm, interesting. And it knocks it knocks uh, the Raiders out. So as it stands right now, this will probably be by the end of the day, if everything stays the way it is, this is where the playoff seeding is. The craziness about the last week, like Bills play the Jets. I think we're going to take the Bills on that one. Bengals and Browns, I'm taking the Bengals. Let's just see if we take all the teams that are like the division lead. So. Kansas City, Indy, New England, uh, Chargers versus Raiders, Don't Tennessee. Tennessee. Yep. Yeah, I did that. I got that one. Uh, yeah. I think I got them all now. Yep. So they got them all. So as it stands right now, if, if the, all those win, we have divisional matchup, divisional matchup, and then Indy goes to Cincinnati. This would be a bloodbath. I really think that Indy-Cincy game would be a bloodbath. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It would be absolutely like hundred percent insanity from those teams. Uh, that is a nightmare for the Chiefs too. Catching a, a, a LA team again. Yeah, who's put them on the ropes twice already? They did. They have that. That would be crazy right now. So let's just mess around with some of these things. Let's just say, what do we want to say here? If, uh, if you go the, the two games that the two games that will make the biggest difference is the uh, New England game and the Chargers okay. game. Let's say, okay, the Raiders beat the Chargers and the Dolphins beat the Pats, which have happened. We scroll down to here. Look what happens. New England goes to Kansas City, which 
that could be crazy. Nothing changes between the third and the sixth seed. Vegas comes to Buffalo. Is that insane to you? It is. That is insane to me to see that. I, I see us playing the Pats. Yeah, the, a lot of these scenarios that happen, we're playing the Pats again. But they're coming to Buffalo. So it's wrong. The Colts will play the Chiefs. I, I mean, this is the simulator, so I don't know. Um, How would the Colts play the trade. Chiefs if, if, that, if that, that went? Um, All these the Colts, teams are 10-7. and seven. The Colts have the tiebreaker over New England. And the Raiders have the tiebreaker over Indy the because they beat Indy, and that's why it lines up this way, all at ten and yeah. seven. Being in a dome team from a warm climate, <laughs> uh, I don't see any. I I see one dome team in the playoffs. <laughs> mm-hmm. no, uh, so let's say no, I'm just messing around, guys. Sorry. Let's say Denver. This is the craziest part. Let's say Denver upsets Kansas City. Let's leave, let's leave New England and the and New England and the Chargers still winning, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say Denver upsets Kansas City. Look what happens. <laughs> I don't want to see this, Mike. <laughs> I don't want to see I this do. again. I do. I, no, I don't. <laughs> I do. I, I, I don't think they could do that again to us. I really don't. I mean, I just, from a marketing standpoint, I mean, you got New England and Kansas City. Those two fan bases really can't, they can't mm-hmm. stand each other. You got Herbert versus Burrow. I just think that's a that's that sells itself right there. Even being a seven seed for versus a two seed, and this being a revenge game with Frank Reich in the playoffs coming to Buffalo, you could write that story immediately. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'll now granted, I don't see Denver, who's getting beat twenty to six by the Chargers. I don't see them beating Kansas City. Okay, let's say we go upset City. Let's go upset City. <laughs> Okay, Jags. Oh, go, 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 grab the, go grab the Bengals. Yep. This is the last one. one. This is the last one, guys. So I'm just we're gonna go upset city because this freaking this whole season has been turned on its head. So let's just mess it up. What happens? Everybody here gets now? upset. Everybody gets upset. You don't see much of a change. You really don't see much. So Indy would go to Kansas City. New England would go to Cincy. That's a matchup I want to watch. I want to watch this game. Mm-hmm. I just do. And then Vegas would come to Buffalo. So more than likely, uh, the Buffalo Bills would probably play Kansas City eventually. So really the biggest one comes down to, the the route really one comes down to is the two games. Uh, Miami versus, you know, and. Oh, my God. They get the second seed. And the Raiders and what? Everyone gets upset except for Buffalo. Buffalo gets the second seed. And then we get Tennessee for it. (laughs) Or we get Indianapolis for it. Yeah. Indianapolis. Yeah. No, no. no. All right. I'm going to stop sharing this. So, yeah. So, the the big, the two biggest games come down to, you know, what happens in that, um, that the, uh, Pats Miami game and then what happens in the, uh, Vegas LA game. And depending on that is kind of how the scenes going to shake out. Yep. Yep. And I'm, 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 I'm loving that. I'm, I'm loving that. But, I really think that the more likely scenario is the Buffalo Bills are going to be playing the New England Patriots at home without a 75-mile-an-hour wind. And it's going to be interesting to see how that game manifests. Beating To try to beat New England twice in one season, what I, I, mean, I mean, once being in the playoffs, I think would give you uh, a leg up on the division itself because, I mean, you almost you almost lost a hold of it this year and if you lose to the we Jets, have not you still could you still could lose. james we have not clinched the east yet no if not we win week. next week we clinch we've clinched a playoff spot we haven't clinched the east yet which is another thing i said in the way too early schedule preview i said it's going to come down to week 18 for the bills to clinch the division so are, 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 are you trying to toot your horn because of how bad you you were last year at your prediction I I think everyone was happy with the fact that I always lowball the team's record. I really do. You do. I always do. do. I err on the side of caution way too much, Mike. I'm not. I'm not. I'm Honestly, not my, my, I said at worst we would lose five games. Okay. I mean that's good. I mean that works. Yeah. I don't. I Mike. Just between you and me, I don't know why people mm-hmm. still listen to me. <laughs> I'm always wrong. <laughs> I don't understand. 
Because it's fun uh, to troll you after you're wrong. That's why people listen. <laughs> I can't wait till I have the nine and seven t-shirts come out. I mean, y'all will buy that. I swear to God. All right, Mike, I am putting three minutes on the clock. As you know, when the Bills win, we roast. You guys do your worst. I'll have Mike put them up on the screen. Three-minute three minute warning starts now. You guys can start roasting the out of me and or Mike or the Bills or, or Matt. Paul. How about Matty Ice? Or Paul, too, yeah. Oh, God. Talk about a bad uh, bad penalty, oh. man, to end your playoff chances. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Garn comes in. He says, you're saying we'd essentially would play New England weeks 13, 16, and 19. <laughs> what? Three AFC East were in the top seven. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and then, then two got exposed. Right. Right. It was mm. – Three AFC East were in the top, dude. That's the Mario, that's the difference. Hey, check that it. out. You're starting to trend, Mario. Someone put on a funny looking hat because of you. <laughs> this is I can't take it off. I can't take it off. Cut Jerry Hughes. Whoa, was that a roast? Yes, please. Yes, please. What? How dare you? Listen, How I've been a Jerry you? Hughes supporter for years. I'm positive, but that guy has been a walking penalty this year, and he is not like very rarely do you get a Jerry Hughes sighting. You get more AJ Epinesa sightings than you do Jerry Hughes sightings. Trade Allen. Um, Trade Allen? Well, I mean, oh, before God. the season, Paul had suggested, and he, he brought up a great point. You got a lot of these young guys. McDermott likes the young guys to earn their stripes and then to earn their playing time, in which they have done this year. Hughes playing 30% of the snaps is more effective than he was playing 60%. It's his last year. He's a rental for y'all this year. Like it's the last year of his mm-hmm. deal, guys. It, it doesn't matter. Like they could use they could use him up as much as they want at this point. Because I don't I don't think he's coming back. I just don't think. I don't I don't really don't. Um so you know, yeah. I'll tell you, there's a lot of Stevenson hate out there. On on Tailgate Talk, we got we got into a heated debate with, with the nation on that. It is my hair, really. It is hundred percent. It's more his real hair. It is my hair. Oh, that's, that, that's that's a pretty hairdo, Mario. I see why you put the hat over it. That is that is. I look like I'm from uh, a Christmas story. Yep, he looks like Pippi. He's got the I little Pippi going. Did Mike fall this week to get in my belly? <laughs> what? What was the other one that Rick said? He said something earlier. Let me see this. Mike conspired with Tommy to have Paul taken out so he could co-host. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And you'll never know. It's it's untraceable. <laughs> keep the hat on. Thanks, James. Hundred percent. Thank you. <laughs> I keep it locked in my me. basement. I put I put Paul in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you tie him up with? Uh, shoelace? I threw I threw him in the hole. I you know send him down. You know. How dare you guys mess with my hair? Listen, I know I have Peyton Manning's forehead, but at least I have a full head of hair. You guys <laughs> knock it off. How about that safety ruining the spread? Yes. Oh, did it? Was it 14? Was the spread 14? 14 and a half. Stop! 14 and a half when we won by 14. Did Paul get a pounds? Paul would have to put on like 100 pounds to hit hit my weight. Stop it, really? All three of my kids, if if Paul was holding all three of my kids, he still doesn't weigh as much as me. (laughs) Oh, Oh, Daniel Garries. How dare you? How dare you? Daniel, I thought we were friends. I thought we were friends, Daniel. Um, oh, that's beautiful. Ugly hats are cool. Make your, makes your woman look better. And grew a salt and pepper beard overnight. Antonio Clown. <laughs> I love that. How realistic can we get the one seed with Casey losing? Oh, uh, let me go on. Let me go on. Let me try to see if I can work my magic here. Okay. Yep. And Paul grew that salt and pepper beard overnight, which is mostly salt now. You know, Paul, I'll tell Paul. you, uh, I was I didn't have any gray until I started working with Tommy. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Let me see here. I'm going to try to work my magic so the Buffalo Bills actually get the. Um, I think with Tennessee winning, it was kind of tough. But let me see here. Let me work my magic here. See who who wins. Who loses? Uh, da, 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 da. Bill's winning. No, no, they can't. 
No, they can't. Because of Tennessee winning, Buffalo Bills would tie Tennessee if they lost next week at an eleven and six record, mm-hmm. thus giving Tennessee the tiebreaker. So even if the Buffalo Bills win next week and Tennessee loses, Buffalo Bills, the highest they can get is the second seed. Yeah. So that is the highest. (laughs) Tell me in the house. How dare you say that? (laughs) What do you say? (laughs) When I said I got my grade because of Tommy? (laughs) Tommy in the house. Oh, she got him. (laughs) Paul's tied in the closet behind Mario. Please take him some water. I'd stick, man. I got it. I got it. Hold on. I don't know. You said that somebody was, was it Trig saying somebody's going to come out of my yeah. I'll shut that door next week for you guys. Okay. I don't, I don't close that door unless the Bills are out of the playoffs. Okay. That's that's when I close that door is when the Bills are out of the playoffs. Not to try to QB seek at the Tennessee one. Oh, my God, Donnie Brook. Why don't you kick my dog while you're here? I mean, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Where's my oh. Debbie Downers, Nova? <laughs> All right. So, Mike. Um, First of all, I want to thank you for coming on. And if you guys don't know, hashtag nation for the 125 of you that are in here, make sure to smash that like button. Um, Mike is our, is the co-host of tailgate talk on Fridays here at hashtag sports. So make sure that you're checking him and uh, Tommy out. Uh, We have to thank our sponsors for tonight's show, LinkedIn and Mr. Rogers homes tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen of hashtag. I waited all the way to the end for this. Tomorrow, we are having a special live at 9 p.m. tomorrow. Paul and I will have two guests on, two very special guests that I think you guys know. And we're not going to be saying who it is, but just make sure that you tune in for the playoff primer for the Buffalo Bills uh, here at Hashtag Sports. It's going to be a 2v2, basically. Me and Paul versus two other guests. Uh, We're going to be talking Bills, Mafia, Hashtag Nation, and a few other things. Uh, a very special presentation. So make sure that you guys tune in 9 p.m. tomorrow to find out who the special guests are that me and Paul are going to bring on. Uh, Mikey wins the hat competition. 100%. 100%. <laughs> this is not uh, even Bill's issue. A couple issue. weeks ago, is... I had my Bill's Santa hat on on Tailgate Talk. Yes, Jack. Uh, the jersey giveaway as well will be announced on Patreon. So, guys, go down in the description of this video. Click on our Patreon link. It is, for everything included, it is $7.16 uh, for the month. So make sure you go over there and you get your uh, you, you get your name thrown into a hat for the jersey, um, the jersey drawing. So make sure that you guys do that. Feed Stevenson. He weighs like 90 pounds. Yeah, he needs some of them wings that they were given to Minnesota or to give to Atlanta yesterday um but i mean all in all the buffalo bills with a 29 to uh 15 victory against the atlanta falcons they have one more week to close out both the division and the year as the two uh, back-to-back afc east champions uh mike you got anything to add for uh for hashtag nation tonight no thanks for having me on um you can find me on twitter at apex 006 then every friday night on tailgate talk here on hashtag sports. And then also uh, don't forget to go over and check out uh, my co-host Tommy over on uh, mafia sports report. He's doing a Absolutely. wonderful job over there as well. He is. He is. And we'd like to thank y'all for joining us for tonight. Do not leave halfway through the show. Like Antonio Brown. Uh, we're glad you guys decided to join us uh, for Mike. I am Mario. This is hashtag sports nation. We out.